Welcome to See You Succeed with Viridian. My name is Kristen Kennan and I will be your host. I'm excited to bring you on a journey that will teach you about all things financial services and how Viridian can help you achieve your goals. Welcome back to See You Succeed. Today, our guest is Alexandra Stewart from our Community Inclusion Department here to talk about credit scores. Welcome to the podcast, Alexandra. Hi, thank you. We're so excited to have you. Credit scores are something that everyone has. Everyone kind of knows a little bit about them, but maybe not everything that goes into what makes up a credit score. How do you improve your credit score? So we're going to kind of dive into some of those things today. So starting off, if you're new to borrowing money, what is the best way to establish your credit for the first time? The thing about credit, something I always say is that it's kind of like borrowing a library book. So if you get a library book and you damage it, the likelihood of you being able to um, get more just continues to go down. And so it's a great opportunity if you've never had any experience with credit and you're just getting started, it's a great opportunity because you're starting from this clean slate and you really have a lot of opportunity to um, start strong as far as building your financial future. So in response to your question, if you're new to borrowing money, one of the best ways to establish credit is using a secured credit card or some type of secured loan. The main um, purpose of that is to have a credit line showing up on your credit report it often doesn't show that it's secured. And when we say secured, we mean your funds are put on hold as a type of collateral for the credit card until your credit worthiness goes up and then you can release those funds and have a credit card operate as normal. So normally credit card, the financial gives you funds on this revolving line. And that means as you take money out, you can reuse it as you pay it off. And the secured card, essentially the funds are just there on hold. So if for some reason you weren't able to pay the card back, we could use those funds on hold to pay off the credit line on your behalf. But typically people have great experiences with the secured card because your funds are on hold. About six months later, you get that credit score up and then you can have those funds back. You can use it for savings. You can just use it for um, anything you'd like at that time. And then your credit card will operate as a normal loan where you just pay the financial back. And at what age do individuals typically start establishing credit if they don't have any before that? Most of the time, everything that happens from the age of 18, as far as you applying for a loan, um, and that can be you know student loans, that can be car loans, any type of loan, which I think we'll get into that later. Now, if as a teen, I want to maybe buy a car, am I able to apply for a loan at that age and maybe have someone on there as a co-signer that's over 18 and establish credit before 18 if so needed? I have seen where, you know, a parent has a credit card in their name and their teenager is added as an authorized signer. By the time they're 18, I have seen credit scores pop up in the high 600, 700s. However, there's some missing history there because, you know, it's only one or maybe a couple of trade lines with those credit cards. And the score is really based on the activity that their parents have been having. And so as a loan officer, we might see that higher score, but knowing that the teenager, you know, 
isn't 18 or they just turned 18 and knowing that they were authorized signer on the card, it doesn't take away from that high score that could have been established. Another piece of advice I have for teens that are wanting to have credit immediately after turning 18 would be to have somebody on hand that you could use as a co-signer. Because when you have somebody ready to go as a co-signer, I mean, typically if it's a bigger loan or an unsecured loan, you're going to need a co-signer. You're going to need somebody um, to vouch for you essentially as far as saying, hey, I trust this person. I know that they're going to pay back the loan. I'm willing to put my credit on the line on behalf of this person, um, even though they're just turning 18 um, and going through that transition period. What are some of the things that people need to keep in mind when they're working on their credit or building their credit then? I mentioned credit lines. Another word for that would be trade lines, and it's often referred to as credit mix. And so credit mix is responsible for 10% of your overall credit score. And what we mean by credit mix or what the credit bureaus mean by credit mix is just having different types of trade lines show up on your report. So an auto loan is considered an installment loan as far as a trade line. And what that means is after you pay off the auto loan, the car is yours. You could use the equity in the car again to take out another loan. But essentially, once you're done, that's it. It's your car. Um, On the flip side of that, if you were to not repay the loan, the financial can repossess your car, take the car away as collateral, um, and try to secure funds for the remainder of that loan balance. And then a house loan, home equity loan, those kinds of loans are also typically referred to as installment loans. And so basically, again, you pay off that loan, and then you're done with the relationship at that point. Same with a personal loan, et cetera. The opposite of that is the revolving loans that I talked about before with the credit cards. Even some home equities fall into this. So you could have a home equity line of credit that operates as a revolving loan, but credit mix, it's 10% of that overall credit score. I hear a lot about student loans and wondering if that counts towards um, that score, if if that counts as a trade line. And a lot of times it doesn't. They can be deferred and still show up as having that regular payment history. And so we typically don't take those into account. But maybe if you have some student loans in addition to one credit card and one auto loan, that would look a little bit stronger with those student loans on there too. So typically we're talking auto, credit cards, mortgage, but sometimes student loans Again, it's only 10% of that overall score. The biggest, 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 and most important thing as far as your credit is that payment history. So making payments on time. It is 35% of your score. Compare that to credit mix. Credit mix is only 10%. Payment history is 35 over one third of your score. And so essentially payments, making those payments on time. I will say that you know with credit cards, say you might have that $2,000 balance and the minimum payment's only $20. The $20 isn't going to bring that balance down very much for you to reuse it. And you're going to get charged interest on that balance that's sitting there. Plus, it's not going to get paid off anytime soon if you're just paying that minimum payment. So 
There is a recommendation to pay off the credit card in full. However, you know, depending on how that how high that balance gets, it might not seem feasible for you. But I would say always have that in the back of your mind, getting those credit cards paid off. Another um, important thing about payment history that I always like to say is it's just so important to contact those financials that you're working with if you feel that you cannot make a payment on time because of the impact it has on your score. So if there's any way that those financials can work with you to do a smaller payment or just make any kind of exception, it's always better to call and check on it than to avoid the payment and let it go late because that will have a detrimental impact on your score, especially the more late payments you make. 30 days versus 60 days versus 90 days, it just, I mean, it exponentially just gets worse. So I, again, just want to stress the importance of making those payments on time, at least make the minimum. Um, Never feel like, oh, just because I can't pay it off, I should just not pay it. Always try to make that minimum. The next thing that's important to keep in mind when building credit is the credit length or the age of the credit. So that is worth 15% of the score. And really, it's just a time waiting game. You know, if you start credit at 18 and you're 28, you've got 10 years of credit history versus starting at 28 and, you know, trying to apply for something at 30. That's only two years. And so that again, is only 15%. It's worth a little bit more than credit mix, um, but again, not as much as that payment history. So it's not something that you necessarily can control. If you're starting a little bit later, no problem. You know, over time, you will build up those years. If you've started in the past um, and you've had some negative experiences, I mean, that shows up on there too, as far as time. So yeah, just making sure that you're mindful of It's better to get started sooner than later if you have not yet started the journey and the process of building um, your credit. Credit usage is another big impact on your score. So back to those revolving trade lines or or those credit cards, I mentioned an example with a $2,000 balance. An important thing to think about is that $2,000 balance out of what limit? So if it's $2,000 out of a $10,000 limit, well, that's not so bad. We recommend keeping it around 30%, um, 50% maximum if you can, but 30% is in a perfect world. So essentially on that $10,000 limit, using about 3000 at one time, um, especially if you're keeping a balance on there. Something else to consider is just because you pay it off doesn't mean it's going to show up right away on your credit report usually takes 30 to 60 days for those paid in full accounts to show up on that credit report. So if you're looking to apply for something and you're wanting your card to show up as paid off, pay it off about two months in advance, three if you can. That way you can be sure that it's going to show up on that credit report and have a positive impact on your score when it comes time to apply for something. I guess something else I should mention is there is no available credit on an installment loan. So Car loans don't have that because as soon as you pay the payment, you know, it it continues to go down and then you own the vehicle. So really credit usage is specific to um, those revolving trade lines, credit cards, things like that. And it's worth 30% of your score. So it's the second most important to payment history. It seems kind of contradictory, like, oh, we give you these lines of credit and then we don't want you to use them as much. But 
really what they want to see, you know, credit is still considered emergency. So what they want to see is that the borrower is not maxing out those cards and using all that's available because it's a signal that there's not a lot of cash funds at, you know, their disposal. It's important to just always be cognizant of where you are. And again, try to keep it at that 50%, but 30% usage um, if you can. Uh, The last thing I want to talk about is just like credit scores in general. And anytime you're going, even if you're at like the store and they're asking you to apply for a store credit card, anytime you apply for a loan here at Verdian Credit Union, anytime that you're getting, if you're at the dealership and they're asking to pull your um, credit for the final approval of that loan for, for a vehicle loan, those are going to be hard pulls. And then a soft pull here at Viridian, you know, when we open your membership, we do pull your credit, we do check your credit, but it's a soft pull and that it would not negatively impact your score at that point. Typically it stays the same or it's just very few points wouldn't bring you into a different um, credit bracket necessarily. And so now that you have the language, if you if you have the language to say, okay, I know what a soft pull versus a hard pull is, it's okay to ask those financials that you're going into and ask them beforehand, hey, how is this going to impact me? Is this going to be a hard pull or a soft pull? Because then maybe you'd want to do your research a little bit more before actually applying and, and having that inquiry show up on your credit report. And knowing all these things about the credit, and we talked about establishing credit, what's the difference if someone has no credit versus bad credit? Yeah. So I don't know if that's the best example of the library book, but I like it. I think it's just that mentality of like, if you don't have any credit, that's great. It's a clean slate. It's a great opportunity for you to start fresh and, you know, become educated about credit and you don't have to do any cleanup, right? You don't have to go back and try to figure out how to repair anything. You can just start fresh. I mean, that's how financials see you. I think that there's a lot more gray area and just like positivity around having no credit. Like, awesome, fresh start. We can have a chance to educate you so that you can move forward and start building credit. When we're talking bad credit, sometimes you might see some collections on there from years and years and years ago. I know there's um, a thing out there saying like, oh, after seven years, things fall off. That's not necessarily true. Um, It really depends depends on if it's been disputed. It, de- it depends what it is. But I can say that I've seen collections on credit reports for longer than seven years. So those collections can hurt. Sometimes their phone bills, their phone contracts, their utility contracts, and then any kind of repossession. So if you've got a car taken away or foreclosure, those negatively impact and can show up as bad credit. You know, I believe that credit isn't a reflection of your character. Everybody has hard times. Everybody, you know, might have a financial challenge that they're navigating um, that causes them to not necessarily pay their bills or, you know, have those things show up on their credit report. But when you have bad credit, it's important to just be honest with yourself about the things that you do owe. I've worked with a lot of members um, where we've called those collection agencies and we've gotten settlement amounts and we've looked at getting those things cleaned up together. And so it's not, again, a reflection of your character, but it is important to be able to see your credit report and look at it and be honest with yourself again and just say, okay, this is what I owe and I know that I need to start working on this because I, I will be completely transparent here. If you don't clean up 
what's on there. It's never, there's nothing you can do on the positive side that will counteract that. Essentially, like you might not even qualify for anything, but at the same time, there's not enough like positive. You could get a secured card, for instance, because that's your money on hold, but that positive impact of the secured card isn't going to balance out the negative impact of some of those like collections or anything else that's showing up on there as far as bad credit. If someone has that bad credit and doesn't know where to start, what do you suggest? Excellent. Yes. Credit Central is a tool of Viridian where it basically just gives you a free look at your credit score and all of the accounts, payment history, um, when you took the loan out, what you owe, collections, shows the phone number to where the collections are, everything. And so it also shows like how long if you forget, sometimes I forget what was my first credit card, it shows you, you know, your longest account. And that is a really great tool. You have to be a member here at Viridian, but it's super easy. It's on our online mobile banking. It even offers like a grade for each category of your score. So those categories I just mentioned, or those impacts on your credit score, the mix payments, etc., it offers a score in each of those categories. So it'll tell you if you have an A, B, C, kind of like a grade type of thing. So basically, just like you're at school, something else that is really cool, if you have Credit Central and you're at Viridian and you're wanting to apply for a loan, um, you know, sometimes there's discrepancies. Pull a credit score, we pull a credit score. And if that Credit Central score is higher, we can actually use the Credit Central score to help you get a better rate Um, because it's our tool, it's our service, and we want to make sure that you're getting the best loan possible. We want to make sure that the loan works for you. And so we offer that as another kind of bonus, because I think a lot of people experience, hey, I checked my score um, on here, and it's this high, but when you guys pull it, it's this high. Well, now we can use that Credit Central, and we would never use it on the opposite, where if it's lower, we would use the lower score. We always will go with that higher score um, to help benefit the member. On the flip side of that, if you have a co-signer, obviously you probably both have a, a score of some sort and or maybe one person doesn't have a score. How do you figure out what type of score you're going to use or what kind of credit score rating you're going to use for a loan if there's two individuals? Yeah. So we always use the higher score as well when that co-signer is involved, but we would always go with the higher score um, to get that better rate, get the better loan terms, because I mean, that is what a higher score does for you. It allows you to get a lower interest rate. It allows you to, you know, maybe take out the loan longer and have lower payments. Now, if someone signs up for Credit Central and they're monitoring their credit and maybe they do see some of those collection things on there and they just don't know where to start, how can Viridian help those individuals? Yeah, excellent. So I'm in the Community Inclusion Department. One way that we can help in our department is on our website, we have um, the option to fill out a personal financial guidance request. And so those come, I get probably... I get a few every week and it's really, I just had a call with somebody this week and we spent an hour and we just talked over those collections and we looked at everything on their credit report. It just gives us an opportunity to work together and maybe we contact some of those credit agencies for you. Maybe we contact those collection departments, those collection agencies for you um, and help you get a settlement amount. Another way we can help, even just in the branches when you're applying for a loan um, or working with a representative in the branches or over the phone, something that Viridian is passionate about is that people helping people mindset. And so something that 
we that you might see that differentiates us from other financials is even if we see that the credit score um, is low and we can't qualify you in the moment, we will always take that extra time with you to give you some tools so that in the future you can apply for the same loan or even you know a more strong loan, bigger loan, et cetera, whatever it might be. We're always going to spend that time with you to give you the tools and help you get some guidance as far as um, moving forward and getting that loan in the future. We'll never say, oh, you just don't qualify and that's the end of our relationship. We want to build a relationship with anybody that comes in contact with Viridian and we want to really you know, walk alongside them if they are wanting to get some of those things cleaned up off of their credit. And earlier we talked about credit length or credit age. If someone applies for and maybe has like a credit card to a a department store or things like that, and they no longer use it, is it a good idea to close those? It is not a good idea to close them. So something we often say like a rule of thumb is like, just keep it open. You know, most of them, they want your business. So they'll keep those trade lines open until you tell them, hey, I'm done. But some financials will close it after inactivity for a certain amount of time. And say they try to close that card you opened when you were 18 and now you're 28. It's been 10 years. And your next trade line that you got after that was just five years ago. As soon as that trade line's closed, it takes away, you know, that length, you know, of credit history um, as far as having that same line open for that amount of time. They can still see it that you opened it and that you had it. So I think it's important to Yes, keep everything open. It also contributes to your available credit. Available credit is important um, as far as individual cards, but it's also important as a whole. So we can see what you have available overall in credit, not just on certain cards. So yeah, if you're at 60% usage on one card, but you have all this other credit out there available, we can take that into account too and see that you have these cards out there that you're not using. You're just choosing to use this one card a little bit more. And so when you just keep those cards open, you don't really use them, you don't need them anymore, that contributes positively to the available credit that you have out there. And if you're not using those, you don't want to close them. You can always shred the card so that you don't have that floating around out there, the the worry of it getting lost. Oh, or yeah, definitely, like definitely. Yeah, because like I said, most of them, they won't, they won't take the account away. They'll keep it open. Um, you could always get a replacement card. I mean, some places you can just go show your ID and they'll look up your credit account and, you know, they can charge it. So I agree with that. Yeah. And is there anything that we should know about those store credit cards? So when you go shopping and they ask you, you know, we'll give you 10% off today if you apply for our card or what have you. Is there anything else that people should know before applying for those? I think that the most important thing to know is that they have very high interest rates. If it's one of those like 24-month no interest financing plans or 18-month, that's great. I mean, I've honestly bought a few things that way where I'm doing this no interest, but that is very important. Like you need to have it paid off. Every time I've done one of those, I paid it off a couple months early just to be sure. Because if you do not pay those off within um, that time period, and I guess I should explain it, right? So if you go into a store and you get a store credit card and you buy something that's $2,000 and they say, hey, 24 months, no interest financing. And so that's two years, right? And the $2,000 over the 24 months is about... $85 a month. So, you know, you're like, that's doable. I can do that. 
always pay that $85 a month. If you don't do anything else, pay it off, pay it off, pay it off. So that by the end of that two years, it's paid off in full. Otherwise, if you even take, you know, 25 months, all that interest that you avoided, that gets added on. It's just important that you use it to your benefit and get it paid off um, within those no interest financing periods. Now, if someone wants to learn more about how we can help or just anything about credit, what do you suggest? Yeah, that's a great question. So I mentioned the personal financial guidance requests through the Community Inclusion Department um, on Viridian's website. You can also make an appointment with any member service representative or loan officer in the branch, and they're willing to take the time with you and go into that more in depth. In fact, they might even refer you to the Community Inclusion Department to go a little bit deeper. And then Viridian always has a lot of tools electronically available. We have a video series on our website and we have um, the YouTube channel with some helpful videos that can give you a quick insight um, and just a quick overview similar to what we did here today. Great. And if you're interested in filling out that form, um, go to our website and hover under the personal option and then under advice and then financial education. And that's where you will find all the information about Alex and the rest of her team. And you can fill out that form to meet with one of our friendly friendly faces in community inclusion. Thank you so much for being here today, Alex. We appreciate the rundown and all the tips and tricks when it comes to credit. We know it can be kind of overwhelming for some people. So we appreciate your time. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. See You Succeed with Viridian can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this right now. I speak for all of us at Viridian when I say we want to see you succeed. See you next time. expressed on this podcast are not provided as financial advice for the listener's given situation. All attempts are made to present accurate information and details may become outdated as time passes after this podcast is published. Viridian Credit Union, founded in Waterloo, Iowa, is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration and is an equal housing opportunity lender. The music featured in this podcast is Creative Corp, composed by Music Premium. Find it on Envato Market.